Yeah. Good morning. Come on, anybody still excited? I know there's a lot of things already happened. I just need two or three more hours for the word. Amen. Come on, ready? Who's excited for the word this morning? If you're just visiting, I'm joking. Relax. So, all right, listen up, listen up. Press in. There's, there's, there's two ways to, to listen to a message. And I was thinking about this. There's, you, you can listen to receive, and that's good. You listen to receive something, or you can listen to reproduce. And that's even better. Amen? There's a third way, and that's just ignoring it and uh, saying that it's not for you and pretending that it's not relevant to your life, but that's, we won't get into that one. Amen? So, all right. Father, we just thank you, God, for your word. We ask you, God, to bless it. We ask, God, we already know that your word is anointed. We ask you to, 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 to just, despite the messenger and despite those that, God, that you would just prepare us, that you would have your way, that your word would find its way deep into our hearts, that it would find root, that it would grow, it would change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. So, church, anybody here ever beat yourself up? Because you don't, somebody went, Pfft. what's that? You ever beat yourself up about how you're not good enough? You ever kind of, kind of get hard, get down on yourself about you're not, you're not doing enough, you're not, um, you're not Christian enough, you're not, you don't do the right things enough, you don't read enough, you don't pray enough. Anybody, you, you ever get on that kick? Amen? You ever measure your success kind of by what you think it should be or, or compare yourself to somebody else? You, you ever say, man, you know, I wish, I wish I was like that guy. You know, that guy seems like he has it all together. Right? I wish I was like that worship leader or I wish I was like that, that preacher I hear on TV. I wish because they, they, they seem to have it all together, right? But how many of you know you don't go home with those people? And you don't know what they deal with the minute they walk off the pulpit. And you don't know the issues they have. And you don't know the battles they fight. And you don't know the insecurities that they have. But I'm, I'm gonna, I want to try to help today. Amen? So listen to this quote. I like to start with a quote. Here's the quote for this morning. Because... We are so naturally prone to look at ourselves and our own performance. Then we look to Christ and His performance. We need to constantly be reminded of the grace in the gospel. So I want to share a message with you this morning entitled, Grace to Grow. Grace to to grow. Now listen, we've been going through the book of James, man, for a couple of weeks now. We're on the last chapter. It, James is only five chapters, but we've been going, I think, about 17 weeks already. No, I mean, you know, we've been going a little longer than five. But um, we've been kind of just going through the Word, through James. We believe in this church of, of, of not, you know, preaching was popular, not preaching was cultural, but just going into the Word and preaching the Word. Amen? 
So we've been going through the book of James and man, the great thing about James is that what's so refreshing about it is that you can deal with the frankness and simplicity that James offers. There's not a lot to, to be deciphered. There's not, you don't need to know the Greek or the Hebrew. You don't need, there's not a lot to break down to the, to, to, you know, decode. The book of James is so straightforward that things are not hidden too deep. Basically, you know, to sum it up, basically James says, if you want to be in good standing with God, act like it. <laughs> right? That's not real religious. If you want to be in good standing with God, let it show. Let it show in the way you walk. Let it show in the way you talk. Right? Read what the Word says and then do what the Word says. And my, my last message on, on uh, summing up the book of James so far was titled, The Terrific Responsibility. And in those responsibilities that we broke down, they were, number one was like, learn how to respond. James says, be slow to speak, slow to anger, be quick to listen. Right? One of the great, terrific responsibilities is to watch your attitude. I love the way James deals with our attitudes. It says, listen, you don't have a right to have an attitude. Nobody around you deserves your attitude. Fix it. One of the terrific responses, callaito up in here now, it's nice. That's how you shut you up. One of the, the terrific responsibilities in James is to watch your mouth. James gives a whole, a whole chapter on the tongue, how the tongue is wicked, how it can set an entire forest on fire with gossip and with backbiting. So he says, man, watch your attitude, watch your mouth. Another thing he says is watch your walk. People, James says, listen, you can do all this talking. You can say, Christ is good. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Hallelujah, 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 all over the place. But people are not listening to that. They're watching the way you're walking. Right? So James says, you can talk all you want, but let it, let it show in, in the way you walk. James is talking about receive the gospel and walk that thing out. One of the terrific responsibilities in the book of James is, is we, we're called to be the fragrance of God. So everywhere you leave, you should, the fragrance of God should linger. And not like a funk or nothing, but like a good fragrance. Amen? So many times we get around Christian people and, and when they leave, we're happy they left. That shouldn't be, church. That shouldn't be us. When we leave, people should be sad that we left. People should be like, this party ain't going to be no fun no more. He left. Right? We know how to party, right? We was partying until like about 11 last night, right? So listen, one of the terrific responsibilities is James is to be just that, to be part of the body. Too many people want to sit home and watch Joel Osteen and not be part of the body. They said there's too many hypocrites in church. Well, listen, there's a plenty of room for more hypocrites. So you can come. Amen? Stop making excuses. One huge responsibility, uh, a terrific responsibility that was mentioned is James encourages us to grow, to mature, to step out in faith. Another major one, right from the, from the pages of James, this is quickly becoming my favorite scripture, James 3.18. It says, you can develop a healthy, robust community. James says, you can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results 
only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other. What? Only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other. And he explains it. Treating each other with dignity and honor. Now, is this a fairy tale? No. James says the hard work of getting along. <laughs> That's how you know the word is true. The word ain't this fairy tale. Just get along. Love. Kumbaya. Let's all hug. No, it says, listen, there's going to be some people that are hard to love up in your church. Love them anyway. Do the hard work of getting along. Right? So, so listen, the book of James is considered so radical by so many people because it actually spells out some of the things that we need to do. It's about doing the book of James, right? He says, you want to stand right with God? Do this. You want, you want joy? Live this way. You want forgiveness? Forgive somebody. You want to be counted wise? James says, well, build a reputation for being wise. I love James because there's no shortcuts in James. If you're looking like the Bible for dummies, it's not in James. James says, no, there's a, there's a hard way to do things and there's a right way to do things. And they're usually the same. James says, you, wanna, you want something, you got to do something. If James was in our community, if he was in the hood, he would say it this way. You don't start nothing, won't be nothing. Right? James says, don't start nothing, won't be nothing. As a matter of fact, he takes it a step further. He says, if you don't start nothing, it's probably because you got nothing. That's what he says. James says, faith, real faith does something. So if you're not doing nothing, you probably got nothing. He says, faith without works is dead. But now listen, James is actually a very dangerous book to preach. All on its own, by itself. Because we can actually preach the book of James and actually, listen, spiritually abuse the members of the church. I know some of you come from this background. We can actually spiritually abuse people with the Word of God, with the book of James, by manipulating people with the Word. Because we can read James and say, you need to do more, give more, be more, accomplish more, mature more, do more, be more, give more, accomplish more, mature more, do more, be more. Anybody getting stressed out? Anybody been under a ministry like that? You got to do more. I'm out four days a week, really? You gotta be more. I'm, I'm, I'm here in church every night. Like, what, what more? You have to give more. I, I, my, every other bill is late. You, you understand? You, you can get stressed out and you can preach this and then what happens? You, you, you're, you're always getting beat up and you're always until, until you get to the point where you say, God, I can't serve you anymore. And unfortunately, and so sad, so many people have left church. And by leaving church, I mean they've left God. Because the church chased them from God. That, that is something we were talking about last night. That is something that breaks my heart. When the church chases people away from God. Fam, that, that shouldn't be, amen? That's why it's so vital and so crucial to have the full gospel, to hear the full word. That's why we can't be a, a, we're a James 3 church. No, if you're a James something church, then you're not a full gospel church and you're not the church that God called you to be. We need to be a full gospel church, amen? Because, now remember the quote I started with, because we're so naturally prone to look at ourselves and our own performance, 
More than we look at Christ and his performance, we need to constantly be reminded of the grace in the gospel. Listen, the, the gospel that gives us grace to grow. Now, don't get it twisted. James wouldn't put all that in the word and the book of James wouldn't be in the word if, if God didn't want us to actually do what it says. Right. Otherwise, why, why would it be in there? Just rip it out your Bibles. But but it's in there because God does. So the doing isn't wrong. We need to do. But listen, I hope this helps somebody today. Too often we get too stressed with the do and the do and the do. And I want to help you with the do do today. I want to help you get through and get past that do do. Because I'm one of those, I'm always beating myself up when I don't do enough, when I don't do more than, than I did, when I don't do what I should have done. And I think of Paul, and Paul says, the good that I want to do, that I keep, that I don't do, but the bad that I don't want to do, that I keep doing. So it's definitely a struggle in all of us, amen? I mean, James 4.17 even says, if you know the right thing to do and you don't do it, that for you is evil. Boy, you, put, you don't put that on a bumper sticker, right? You don't put that on a t-shirt and wear it. That's not encouraging. But it's in the Word. And so, so, so many times we can get so focused on the doing that we forget what has been done. Come on, this word's going to get excited. Amen? See, Paul tells us in Ephesians 1, and actually um, verse 3 to 14 in the Greek is one sentence. It's like Paul had to get it all out in one, in one breath. You know, he couldn't even break it up. As he wrote it. And, and what it says is this. He says, we've been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. So listen, we've been blessed, verse 3. We've been chosen, verse 4. We've been graced, verse 6. We've been redeemed, verse 7. We've been reconciled, verse 10. We've been destined, verse 11. And we've been sealed forever, verse 13. So Paul is saying, everything that we need and long for, Paul says, we already possess. Tell somebody, I already possess it. See, it's more than just the doing. What's going on here? It's more than just the doing. It's more about being. I came across an article this week, and that's kind of what, what put all this in my heart. Um, it, he, he put it this way. He says, it doesn't start with behaving better. It starts with believing better. Can somebody just take a weight off your shoulders today? Can I just, I, I, hope, I hope this, this helps you today. It's not about be- behaving better. It's about believing better. It's not behave yourself. It's believe for yourself. One great way to stop looking at your performance is to focus on your position. Family, God has given us grace to grow. Now listen, the doing is important, but if it doesn't come out of being, then it's worthless religion. And, and you know what worthless religion does? It makes you sick. And it makes the people around you sick. Worthless religion never led anybody to Christ. Man, y'all are real quiet. 
The truth is, you, it has to be real. You can't fake loving somebody. You can't fake uh, getting along with somebody. You can't fake all of the things that James is telling us to do because it'll come out eventually, right? You know when you, when you bump into somebody, what's inside comes out, right? You bump into the holy rollers with the big Bible, but you cut them off outside and they F-bomb you and flip you the finger. And you're like, Really? Because what's inside is what comes out. You can put the phony stuff on the outside. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. Hallelujah. Santo. Right? You can fake that funk all day up and down church. But when you get bumped, the real stuff comes out. When you go, go to your car after church and find a flat tire, the real Christian comes out. Go ask somebody from church. Listen, I got a flat tire. Can you help me change it? Yeah, change it. I gotta, I'm hungry. I got to go eat. Man. Call, call the pastor. That's what he does. <laughs> pastor gets paid for that. Go change your tires. The real, you can't fake that, amen? So listen, church, we have to stop doing and start being. Man, this will revolutionize your walk with God if you would really get this. It's tough at first, but when you grasp the grace of the gospel, you understand your position and what has already been done for you. And then you, you know better than anyone else how much you didn't deserve it. Right? When you really think about the grace of God and what God has done for you, you know better than anybody else. You don't let it show, but you know better than anybody else how much you don't deserve it. You know. Some of us can't even get the fact that God loves us because we say, yeah, but I know me. Come on, this is serious. Some of you can't accept the fact that God loves you, that God loves you unconditionally. Some of you can't accept the fact that, listen, God loves you despite you. God loves you in spite of what you've done, in spite of who you've been. God loves you, and you can't get that because you can't get past knowing you. Family, I want to tell you today, God has given you grace to grow. And when you start to believe better, you'll behave better. Because the word says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So when you start to believe better, trust me, the rest of that will come in. The, the problem and the, the, the dumbest thing that churches do is deal with people's behavior before we can deal with people's belief. And so we want to get people in church and we want to get them all dressed up and we want to get them all looking Christian and we want to get them all, you know, uh, wearing Christian t-shirts and chewing Christian testaments and, and, you know, uh, you know, wearing Christian sneakers and Christian bands and everything Christian, right? Put a fish on your car, put a fish on your forehead, whatever, right? Get a Christian tattoo. We want everybody looking Christian. We want everybody behaving like good Christians, but we don't deal with the belief. And if we don't deal with the belief, the behavior is what's going to really follow. Amen? So, church, we got to believe better before we worry about behaving better. And here, how do we do that? Well, look, day by day, what we must do practically can be experienced only as we come to a deeper understanding of who we are positionally. And so, get ready. We, we need to ask ourselves, where are we positionally? You guys ready? Lean, lean in, lean in, lean in. Lean in. This, is, this will change your life. Lean in. 
Some of you are too bored. You don't want to lean. Fine, just lean back. Go to sleep. I'll keep it low so I don't wake you up. But those of you that are leaning in, listen. This is who we are positionally. This is what you need to get today. Forget everything else that happened. Positionally, we're accepted as sons, John 1. As disciples and friends, John 15. Positionally, we're justified by our faith, Romans 5. We're united with God. We're one with Him. We're bought with a price, 1 Corinthians 6. We're members of His body, 1 Corinthians 12. We're chosen and adopted, Ephesians 1. We're redeemed and forgiven and we're complete in Colossians 1 and 2. You're complete, Colossians 1 and 2. We're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation, 1 Peter 2. We are more than conquerors, Romans 8, and we're free from condemnation. I I almost said that one again. We're free from condemnation, Romans 8. You got a problem with that? 2 Corinthians 5 says we're a new creation. The old things have passed away. Romans 8 says we can't be separated from the love of God. Are you serious? Yes. We got to believe better before we can behave better. Stop, stop trying to behave better and do it all on your own performance. And I'm just, I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to stop trying to do better. Believe better. God's given you grace to grow. Listen, sometimes we go hungry because we don't understand that we have access. We have access to the throne of God, to the heart of God, to the ear of God, to the will of God, Hebrews 4. Listen, outside the church, people are feasting where they should be fasting. There's parades going on today. Outside the church, people are feasting where they should be fasting. But inside the church, too many are fasting where they should be feasting. Somebody should tweet that. Because positionally, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, Ephesians 2. We're chosen and ordained to bear fruit, John 15. We're the light of the world, Matthew 5. And it also says in Matthew 5, we are the salt of the earth. We are the adobo that brings seasoning to this world. Do, Do you get that? You are adobo. You know how, I mean... You, you, I mean, you know, my Spanish brother, you know, you can't cook nothing without that stuff, right? Nothing, 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 nothing. Nothing tastes good without adobo. The word says we're adobo to this world, that we're the salt of the earth. We're saved by grace, Ephesians 2. We've been forgiven to be forgivers, Matthew 6. Now that, that's a perfect example of believing before behaving. Listen, when you can, can get your mind around the belief that you've been forgiven, you, you in the sixth row on the fourth seat, you've been forgiven. When you get your mind around that you've been forgiven, then forgiving others just comes naturally. See, when we get self-righteous, when we think like we've earned something, then, then, oh, I can't forgive that guy. He did it to me twice. 
He, I, he lied to me. He, he told me a story. This one, he wasn't there for me. This one didn't say hi to me. This one, this one forgot my birthday. This one didn't. What? What? Are you serious? Are you, people leave churches for stuff like that. Are you serious? When you get in your head how much you've been forgiven of, when you realize the dirtbag that you are. Come on, anybody, any reformed dirtbags up in here? Oh, you all just too holy. Y'all, y'all were born holy. You grew up holy. Your first word was Jesus. You never touched anything you shouldn't have touched. You never did anything you shouldn't have. from birth, right? You better stop lying. When you get in your head how much you've been forgiven, how we can, can sit in church and have somebody tell you that God loves you, that, that when, when you can come to a place and have somebody sing over your child and sing destiny and love and future over your kid, knowing that none of us deserve that, then, then the forgiveness, when you get that belief in you, then, then forgiving people comes easy. Then people will fault you for being too forgiving. People tell me, you can't forgive that guy. Yes, I can. I have to. I have to. Why? Because I've been forgiven. You thought I was perfect? No. <laughs> I've been forgiven. And because I've been forgiven, I need to be forgiving. Amen? Listen, we've been reconciled, the word says, to be ministers of reconciliation. First, Second Corinthians 5. We've been reconciled to be ministers of reconciliation. That means God brought us to Himself so that we can bring other people to Him. You're a minister. What? Tell, tell a person next to you, you know you're a minister? You can't talk like that. You can't do that stuff, the stuff that you've been doing. But no, that's behavior again, right? Let's get back to belief. You need to believe better for yourself, man. You're a minister of reconciliation. Tell that to your wife next time you're fighting with her. Say, honey, you're a minister of reconciliation. <laughs> but don't call me about it. Don't, you know. So you're on your own with that one. But listen, we've been accepted to be acceptors of others, Romans 15. We've been tested to give testimony of Psalm 66. We've been tried so that we can show that it's true. Do you know that some of the junk that we go through... A lot of it we put ourselves, you know, don't blame God for, for a lot of the stuff that we put ourselves in. Some of you, like, find yourself in the middle of a club with some craziness, and you drunk, and, and your car gets stolen. You're like, why, God, why? Why would you do that? Come on, don't be a moron. Really? Really? Did, did God tell you to go there? Did God place you there? Were you there evangelizing the club? Is that what you were doing? Oh, you're trying to get your freak on, and now you want to blame God because your car got stolen in a bad neighborhood. Come on, man, let's get serious, amen? We've been, we've been, but, but aside from that, there's some things that we go through that are hard things, and, and so we've been tested so that we can give testimony, so that we can tell people it's true. Listen, I can stand before you today, not as a Bible scholar, not as a, as a theologian. I can stand here before you as a man and tell you it's true. It's true. I know it's true. I've tested it. I've been tested and I know it's true. Listen, I may fall, but I get up. I may fail, but I press on. I may, I may struggle, but I succeed. I may struggle sometimes, but I overcome. It's true. And that's, that's my life. Listen, God's given us grace to grow. 
Anybody grateful for that grace? That's what makes the Word come alive. God's Jesus said He is the Word, and the Word became flesh, John 1, and the Word dwells in us. It's alive. That means we are alive with the Word of God. And I think if people would understand that more, if you would realize that more, that would change so much of our behavior. If we would get that belief that the Spirit of God is inside me, that the Word of God that became flesh and, and died for us is now in me and lives in me and through me, and now that's who I am. That's craziness. That's loqueria to get in your head. But when you get it, man, it'll change the way you do things. Because positionally, we're carriers. Positionally, we're messengers. Positionally, we're deliverers. That's why it's so important that we deal with believing better as opposed to just behaving better. Chapter 5, the beginning of the last chapter of James. Chapter 5, if you, if you turn there in James, it's addressed to the arrogant rich. It says, to the arrogant rich. And so you probably read this and said, skip. Because I'm not arrogant enough to be rich. I'm not rich enough to be arrogant. But the problem is you can stay stuck in the same belief patterns referred to here in James and, and still be broke as a joke. The issue in James 5 is not having too much money. The issue in James 5 is not having too many things. The issue here is where your trust is. The issue is where your heart lies. It's what you believe. It's what you stand on. It's, it's your foundation. James is dealing with greed here. And the truth is you don't have to be rich to be greedy. How many greedy people we know on public assistance? Just saying. So James is using money as an awesome example here. He's saying, listen, you could perform well. You could store up all your accomplishments. You can stack up all your titles. You can secure all the admiration of many by becoming so good at what you do. That, but, but it's who you are that matters. And what has been done for you is the only thing that's going to make any difference. Because he says, listen, your riches are rotting. Your Lexus, if left in the rain long enough, will rot. The moment you drove it out the lot, it's, it lost, it depreciated in value. And you can shine it all you want, but it's worth less already. And you can, you can chrome it and do this, but it's already worth less. It'll never be worth what it was in the beginning, but that's the opposite with us. Amen? God says, if you understand what's been done for you, you're going to be worth more every day. If you get the grace of God and you understand the grace that God has given you to grow and you start to grow, as you grow, you, 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 you increase. And, and the Word says your rewards are great. Amen? So family, God has given us grace to grow. So the next time, please hear this. Worship team, you guys can come. The, ne the next time you get all caught up and you allow the guilt and the condemnation to shame you, would you just pause? Tell the enemy, tell your flesh, tell your mother, your pastor, whoever it is that's trying to weigh you down with that junk. Tell them, listen, what I couldn't do, God already did for me. Tell them, what I couldn't accomplish, God already accomplished. What I couldn't afford to pay for myself, God already paid for.
Now listen, people always warn pastors, don't preach on grace. Because then people think they have a license to do and live anywhere the hell they want. And that's the fear. People say, don't be, you got to be hard on sin. Don't be real grace, because then people want to live like hell and just be holy on Sunday. So let me make it clear. God hasn't given us a license to sin. God hasn't given us a pass to live any way we want to do and do whatever we want to do. But God has given us grace to grow. And the article that I was reading ended like this. It said, preach that to yourself every day. And you'll increasingly experience the scandalous freedom that Jesus paid so dearly for you to have. The scandalous freedom that Jesus paid for you and I to have. So I want to ask you right now if we could just maybe bow our heads and just tell the person that's been talking to us all through the message to shut up for a second. Put your phone away for a second. Ignore the next text or two. What matters and what I want you to focus on right now as we close, and I'll let, let you out of here in a few minutes, is, is not what you've done, but it's where you are. I want to talk to you about your position, where you stand with God today. That's all that matters today. That's the only reason that we, that we have, that we do everything that we do here so that we can encourage one another and challenge one another to be where God wants us to be. And so I want to ask you today, I don't, if this, this could be your first time here or you could be coming here since we started the church six years ago, you still need to check where you're standing. And so I'll ask you today positionally, have you been living like all the scriptures that we just read? Have you been living like you're chosen? Like you're set apart? Have you been living like a royal priesthood? Like a, a chosen generation? Like a holy nation? Or have we blended in so much with the world that nobody could tell us apart? Have we blended in so much with our culture? With our generation? That... That we don't want to, you know, make too many waves. We want to still keep all our friends. We want everybody to still like us. And we'll just be Christians when we come to church. That's religion. And it's fake and it's phony and it's, it's the same hypocritical stuff that you hate and don't want to come to church for. So can I just challenge you today, if, if you're here and you're, say, you're saying, listen, positionally, I... I want to be at the place that you're talking about, but I don't feel like I've been there. Understand that, like, coming forward or, or raising your hand or, or, or accepting an altar call, that's not going to change a whole lot until you really understand in your heart and your mind and, and get positionally who you are. And that's all we're trying to help you with today. But if that's you today and you want to say, listen, I, I need to be positionally where God is calling me. Would you just stand right where you are?
Jesus said, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that I'm Lord, that I came, that I died, that I really lived, that I really died, that I really washed you, that I really shed my blood to wash you, to make you clean. Listen, that's not some magic prayer that changes everything. That's just the beginning of a walk that God is calling you to walk. And if, you, if you're choosing today to walk that walk, then I want you to walk the 10 or 20 feet that it's going to take you to walk to the front. Right now, come on. Make that walk. And listen, it doesn't matter if you've done it before. I remember I answered, I answered calls to get saved like every week. <laughs> if I visit some other churches, I probably still answer those calls. Because I want to be right with God. I want to know that I want to know that positionally I'm chosen, I'm accepted, I'm redeemed, I'm set apart, I'm forgiven, I'm washed clean. I, I, I want the guilt to be removed, I want the shame to be removed. Pastor Gary, would you come and pray? Can I tell you I'm so proud of some of you, man? Yeah, let's give him a hand. Let's give him a hand. I'm so proud of some of you. I know for, for, for some of you, this is easy. You're like, yeah, I, I, need, I know where I need to be and I need, I need to go. But for some of you, I know that that 20, 30 feet that you walked, that was the hardest walk you've done in a long time. And I want to acknowledge that. But I want to tell you, it's the, it's the best thing you could have done. And I believe that God rewards that. And I believe... Well, go ahead, Gary. Mm. How, how many of you who are standing up here right now, that this is either the first time you've given your heart to the Lord, or, or you've been separated from God and you're coming back? I just want you to raise your hand. Amen. So for those of you who are raising your hand, I just want you to repeat this prayer right now. Because the Bible says that God's arms are wide open. That's what grace means. Grace means you don't deserve it. You deserve to spend eternity burning in hell. But in the love of God, He will embrace you in spite of what you've done. No matter how far you've run from God, His arms are wide open. And He's not going to treat you according to what you deserve. So I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer right now. If either this is your first time, or you've wandered from the faith, and you're coming back today. So just repeat after me, Lord Jesus. I love you. I want to serve you. I choose today. Choose today. Yes. To make you Lord of my life. Lord of my life. I will love you. Love you, Lord. And I will follow you. I give you my heart. I give you my life. All that I am is yours. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. So we want to welcome you today into the family of God. Your sins are forgiven. And that's for everyone who's standing up here right now. Whether this is your first time or your hundredth time, there is no stain of sin on you. There's no more guilt, no more shame. The past is over. And the Lord says, Behold, I make all things new. This is a new day, a new season. Welcome into the grace of God. See, without God's grace, I couldn't stand up here right now. I'd have to take my Bible, leave it on the front seat, and go home. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I couldn't be holding this microphone. It's only only because of His mercy and His love. So I just pray for you right now. Anyone else, you need God's grace, His mercy in your life. You, you need to be standing, with, even if it's right where you are. You're saying, God, I need your forgiveness today. Say, I'm not ashamed. I'm standing along with you. Father, I pray, Lord God, for each one standing, oh God. Father, we need you, Lord. We have failed. We have fallen short. We have sinned, oh God. We've heard the book of James. Where it says we need to give. We we need to live the life. And God, we've fallen short. And I'm including myself today, God. But I just release your grace. Will you receive God's forgiveness right now? It's a free gift. Don't listen to those religious voices in your head telling you, oh, it's a lie. You're you're not good enough. You can't perform enough. Let me tell you something about religion. It will damn your soul. It will separate you from God. Just Just receive His love right now in Jesus' name. Just put your hand right now over your heart and just receive. Receive the love. There's a Father that loves you. Maybe you've lived in rebellion. You've walked away. You've squandered all your money. You've wasted years. Some of you standing right now, you've wasted your life away. And God's saying, receive my forgiveness. My child, I love you. Welcome back. Welcome back to the household of faith. I just release that right now. The love of the Father, the grace of God, the unmerited, unconditional favor of heaven. God, and we will not take your faith lightly, O oh God. We want to walk in your ways, Lord. We want to have clean hands and a pure heart. But God, we need your help. Without you, we can't make it, Lord. God, we can't live this life without you. So we lay it all down. We lay down our lives, oh God. We lay down our own feeble attempts to please you, Lord God. 
God, do it through us, oh God. Let your spirit, oh God, live the life of Jesus through us, oh God. God, we receive your grace just as we worship right now. Just receive mercy. There's mercy for you today. Maybe you were the one out clubbing last night, but there's mercy 